Hello and welcome to the Game Day Preview 29. A preview? Review. God. Now I've got all these special toys, I still don't know how to present the bloody show. What's going on? That's what the whiteboard's for. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the whiteboard's for. It's myself, Gav Mack, and uh, Alex Osborne, and Anna Harrell. We are all here for the Premier League Football Review Show. Uh, to up top, sponsored by DC Music Services, which is absolutely incredible, and everyone loves that, and everyone is happy. Uh, we've got plenty to talk about today. Uh, we're live from Sorka's studio, uh, just so everybody knows that. Um, on today's show, um, Ollie back at the wheel. Ollie, Ollie back at the wheel. Uh, everyone's loving what Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer is doing currently right now. Uh, Liverpool, they're six points from success. <sighs> they could win it without playing another game. Yeah, they could. Um, as always, we've got our weekly section of What Are Everton. <laughs> Can't wait for that episode this week, and um, as well, of course, the full roundup of the Premier League fixtures. So um, I think there's nowhere else better to start than the Manchester derby. It's uh, yeah, Manchester United two, Manchester City nil. Um, oh, it's back of the wheel. Masterclass. Um, you don't need to have possession to win games. Correct. Uh, everyone, everyone loves a stat, and I love a stat more than anyone. Um, Man City, it's not just a case of they were missing De Bruyne and that's cost them the game. Their incessant need to recycle possession actually cost them. Because when teams are direct, and I feel like teams this season particularly have played that way, so some teams have been really successful with it. So Sheffield United, instead of sitting back and you know allowing teams onto them, like so Manchester United did that really well and they proved that because they were direct when they could mm. against Man City and it paid off. So, you know, a really cheeky free kick for the for the first goal and obviously the second goal is absolutely amazing. Yeah, so, so the goals came from Martial on the half hour mark and uh McTominay um, right at the end of the game. What are your thoughts on the on the move? Well in fact, was it a free kick in the first place? Which yeah. brought the goal yeah, along? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Not think it's a bit soft? No, no, I'm. I think it's a free kick all day um, for me. Uh, what I will say is, was it the stat that uh, this is the first time Man United, Man United have done a double over Chelsea and Man City in the same season since 1961 season. season? I think it was. That was the last time Tottenham won the league as well. Yeah, just, um, <laughs> <laughs> just throw that one out there. I mean, I don't even know if it's mathematically impossible for them to do it anymore. Anyway, right. What are United thoughts uh, thoughts now on uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? He is. They've been in the last. Well, they've they've had a really good recent run of form, haven't they? And they've kind of now crept up the table. And with that result, they're now lying fifth, only three points behind Chelsea, and currently would be qualifying for the Champions League next year. Yeah, um, indeed, they're looking all right at the moment. They are looking all right, um, and. Maybe uh, it, it's, it's a coincidence since it's uh, Bruno Fernandes is coming to the He's just won man, um, player, of the, player of the Month. Yeah, as well. there you go. Um, what imp- well, we said it on last week's show about the impact that he's had, but it just seems that he's growing every single game. What do you think, Adam? Uh, he's, so I hate to admit it, and I, and I said this to a lot of Man United fans who were getting really excited when he came over, calm down, one player is not going to fix the problems that Man United have got. It looks like he could be a resolution to the issue of a player like Paul Pogba because he's come in, he's doing a great job. He cost them a lot of money, mm. but in reality, he didn't really, considering some of the players that have gone for ridiculous money on the market, yeah. it looks like they could have a bargain on their hands and he's, he controls the game. He's an enforcer. He doesn't take 
anything from anybody. He was on the sideline shushing Pep in, in the game. He controlled everything in midfield. And Man City, again, I was saying they lacked teeth. They didn't, you know, they didn't have anything in that midfield. So they, they tried to play a lot, a lot wider. Man United's wing backs would. They Sterling had a shocking game anyway. Mm-hmm. So you know he made Aaron Wan-Bissaka look ten times better than he already you know has looked, and it, it it's one of them. Fernandez, I'm not going to say a player who bought, was bought in January could win Player of the Season, but you know if, if it's not totally unheard of, then why not? Because he he does look to be the player that is making the difference at the moment. A bit similar to Van Dijk with Liverpool. Uh, play, those players are worth their weight in goal. We 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 know that having had Aaron Ramsey at Arsenal for um, many years, and whenever he was fit and he had a decent run of games, he started to produce in goals and assists. And for midfield, uh, that is imperative and United were missing that they've got it back now Fernandez. you think about you're the classic United side who won the titles you always have players who scored goals from midfield Paul Scholes always weighed in with quite a few David Beckham who always used to weigh in used to back a few yeah Ryan Giggs as well so players who from who go score goals from midfields definitely are worth their weight in goals this is the point with Man City is that you know they, they rely on a lot of players like so in a three-pronged attack when they've played with you know Sterling and Aguero and Sterling's weighed in with a lot of goals mm. but you know it's dried up recently it has dried up well, recently which and is it's coincided with when they've season. missed when Man City have missed De Bruyne which they have for a lot of this season through injury they've not had that level of creativity they have relied on some individual brilliance and some really rudimentary play so you know old school stuff from people like Jesus stick on the shoulder of the last man particularly if they play a high line if you play a high line against City you're dead you're finished forget it so again my thing with yesterday's game was Manchester United had a game plan and that was to invite City in and then hit them hard on the counter, which they did. Dan James doesn't have a hell of a lot of end product and he proved that yesterday. He looked relatively poor going into the final. Yeah, he got, he, I think he wound up uh, uh, Bruno Fernandes quite a bit as well. There's a couple yeah. of opportunities where you know he could have squared it to, yeah. to Bruno Fernandes. There's an opportunity into where that. he could have squared it to... To Martial as well. Getting into that situation. So he you know, he can make them runs and very much a utility player. But Man City didn't seem to know how to cope with it. They're very much a high pressing well, team and they push teams back because that suits the way they play. Yeah. But they didn't have anything to unlock the door yesterday. Those type of players Dan James that do, Theo Walcott whenever uh, he had good games, but the impact they have on the opposition defence because they scare over the top or in behind. Mm can create space for other players um, so that is obviously his weight worth in gold for United isn't it yeah the two goals that came were subject of poor goalkeeping there could have been a third goal in the game for the same sort of reason Edison where do you think you know he, he, there's no denying that he is a top quality goalkeeper but where was his head yesterday Alisson's made a couple of mistakes for Liverpool you know, and people were questioning him at the start of this season. No one's saying a word against him now. Edison's had a bad game. You know, De Gea makes you know a fair few mistakes, and no one says a word. People still rate him in the top goalkeepers in the world. And I don't think he's. Oh, a, I know. I think I, he's been getting a, a, a fair share of chip this season. As we said, uh, as we said on the weekend on the, on the preview show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was on Saturday. <laughs> footballers aren't uh, footballers aren't robots, are they? They're humans. They're going to have bad games. They're going to have good games, and. You know, it's just unfortunate you know, for them. That he's, he's following, a, he's, game, he's following a game plan. He expects players to do their job. Why is Aguero marking Martial in the first place? It's absolutely ridiculous. So Martial peels off him on restyle and just breaks off off the mark straight away. It's a good ball over, and he just slots it. No keeper. We always say it, and everyone says it. Don't expect to keep it to beating in the near post. It's really basic stuff. But even then, after that, there was plenty of time for City to get back in the game. However, they just didn't. They, again, a lack of a lack of teeth. Incessant need to recycle the ball, which allowed Man United to restructure time after time. And it was easy for them. It was an it was an easy game. I mean, Man City only you know only had one or two shots on, on target. 
Mm. It's poor. Like if they didn't, you know, have a shot on target until the second half, you can't. You know, you're sitting here talking about Oman City, the favourites for the Champions League. Absolutely no chance. It's um, definitely done something to the table um, for sure, and you'll be able to see that on your screen in a couple of seconds. Um, so you know, with Leicester playing tonight against uh, against Aston Villa. Villa. You know that's tightened things up. I think we'll bring. I think what we'll do actually, we'll bring the Chelsea game into this now. Uh, thinking about it, um, Chelsea they won yesterday. It's, it's, it's always a part of our section. You know the the famous what are Everton. But first of all, I really want to give some praise to Chelsea. They were four 0 winners yesterday. Goals from Mount. Pedro, Willian, and Oli G. Uh, everyone knows I love Oli Giroud anyway. The, the first goal, what a move from Mount. I wasn't necessarily slating him during the week, but I said what England really need to do, if they're going to take two number 10s, they need to take Grealish and they need to take, uh, they need to take Madison. They shouldn't really be thinking about Mason Mount, but Mason Mount's kept, he's crept up here. He's shown exactly what he's about again, reminding everybody what he's about from what his uh, beginning of the season stuff was all about. And, you know, he's scoring goals from from midfield. I think he went nineteen goals without uh, nineteen games without a goal. I don't. I, for me, it's not a question of who's better, Madison or or Mount. Again, like we can talk about Leicester's form since January, but you know, I think Madison has been a more consistent performer, and he hasn't got as good or as experienced players around him. I think if you were asking me on a personal level, who would I rather take to the Euros if they go ahead? And then I personally would take Madison. I yeah. would, you know, Mount, you know, and if we are taking two number 10s, you know, why not take them both? I'm sorry, Deli Ali's not done anywhere near enough no. to warrant going to the Euros for England. 100% agree. Uh, Mount has only been in the Premier League this season, right? And he's had a big stretch of that season where, as you say, he's not produced any results. Madison has played in the Premier League now for the last... No, so it is just this season for Madison because of the... He, he played... He played last season. He's had more experience in the top flight. He's done it. He did it. He did the business last year. He's done. It. He, he's been a bit up and down this season. I think Madison. I think. I think, I think that a lot of to coincide with Leicester's. Yeah, form. It, it has. It has been, been. And three think, wins in the last thirteen. Thinking about it, a lot of the England players at the moment are kind of going through a little bit of indifferent form, aren't it's they? It's almost they're trying to find any excuse not to go. Um, at the moment, England players. So, uh, but I, I, thinking ahead to the summer, I would definitely be thinking of James Madison and Jack Grealish. Uh, Deli Alley, yeah. Grealish is, Grealish is definitely more in the mould of a holding midfielder. It's purely because he is the best player at Villa that he gets a lot of the plaudits. So I think if you were to actually put Grealish in a squad like an Arsenal where he's going to be allowed to relish in that deeper role. Don't get us excited. Then I won't. But I would, you know, again, if you were to say to me in terms of number 10s, who are you taking, Mount, Madison or Ali, and one of them gets the cut, I'm sorry, Ali, Ali for me isn't, isn't, isn't compared to those two. Going, going back to the, the game now, uh, I, I had this down as a much tighter affair and oh, I, think, I, think I we did, all did not expect uh, Chelsea to slap Everton like they did. It's... Despite the manager, what are Everton? Are they? They're just. Uh, is it just an inherent club that they're just going to have these issues no matter who's in charge? I think with Everton, they're really and truly they're not actually that far off being a force. You know, they've got money. We all know this. Got the new stadium coming. They've got the new stadium coming. I think they like every team really in the Premier League. They just need to make a couple of decent signings. 
you know, they don't have a creative midfielder, so they they can have a player. Tom Davis was meant to be that when he was coming through the ranks, when he was playing for the youth team, you know, he had that creativity. He was able to drive teams forward. Losing he's a player Sigurdsson, like he's not doing anything. Losing a player like Barkley and Barkley, people will take the mick out of Barkley. Like you know, I would argue Barkley's done more than enough to potentially be on the plane because Barkley can play, you know, anywhere across the front line, particularly in midfield for England. So you know, we're losing Barkley, he does driving runs from midfield. He can pick out a pass. He's just inconsistent with his end product. When Barkley is firing. Him, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Barkley is one of the best players. Losing Barkley for them was huge because that was a massive link between the front men. So, you know, the the ascendance of Calvert-Lewin has been fantastic and obviously it's allowed Richarlison to drop deeper and be more creative but they still lack a really creative midfielder in the middle. Like I say, Tom Davies hasn't risen to that role mm-hmm. and he was, you know, clearly upset when he got substituted off at the weekend. And it's, you know, again maybe under a different manager, he does different things. Like Ancelotti's come in and, you know, people can be have been critical over Ancelotti and some of his methods and stuff like that. Tom Davies hasn't come into his own. Maybe moving to a different club in the summer might be a good idea for him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he wants to fight out Everton. But, you know, it's it's like the same that we, we said this about Giroud. So, you know, under certain managers, they're not going to get the best of him. You know, he's come in for Lampard and Giroud's doing a job for Chelsea, for example, and that was really evident in this game, and it's been evident in the last few weeks because, you know, people might say, oh, you know, he's over the hill, he's in his thirties, and you know, the goals have dried up a bit. He's not scoring fifteen to twenty a season anymore, but it's he's still. Did he ever score fifteen? To yes, 20? he did. So this is the Christ. point. This Leave is, him alone. This is the point. <laughs> this Alex. is. This Alex, is the point with This is the point with Giroud. Is that you ask I just I, I Oli just, G is the guy. I just, I just have a certain standard for strikers and Oli, Oliver Giroud doesn't meet those. He's any player that scored over 100 Premier League goals or near near to 100 Premier League goals needs a little bit of respect. And I put this here in my in my notes. Theo Walcott's got over 100 Premier League goals. Has he? Over 100? No, he's not got over 100 league goals. He's certainly got over 100 goals for Arsenal. The lad, Tom, I would like a fact check if you're watching today, please, mate. <laughs> just saying, just because he scored 100 goals over 15 seasons, don't make him good. Right, let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about... 74 um, Everton. So, Everton, they conceded four goals in the game. But does that outline anything to do with, with Jordan Pitford? I think Henderson's done enough to warrant his his starting place. He may not have played a game for England, you know, or you know, had that much experience at international level, but then neither's Pickford really. Pickford for It's almost lack like of, that on default. Again, yeah, for lack you know, for lack of ascendancy of other players. So, you know, we all said the same thing about Fraser Forster a few years back. He was fantastic when he was playing in the Premier League and then suddenly, you know, he stopped the performances sort of dried up a little bit. Pickford, people take the mick out of him because he's a bit smaller than a normal goalkeeper. He made a couple of decent saves in the game when, when called upon. However, you know, to concede four goals, it's not just goalkeeping and you know, saving shots and positioning and things like that. You want to be looking at, obviously, how they're commanding the defence. And, you know, do Everton even have a defence worth note? You know, I say it all the time about players that have been at clubs for too long and, you know, you need to bring in new blood to keep people on their toes. Leighton Baines is still a starting defender for, for Everton. Yeah, I think I think what's been happening, you know, Dean has had a few injury issues, but I think, I'll look at that back four and I don't think it's a bad back four. Dina left back, Mason Holgate right back, uh, or, Sh- or or Coleman, ideally Coleman, ideally. and then uh, centre halves. You've got options of Keane, you've got uh, Yerry Mina, and, you, and, you, and you've got Holgate. I think defensively that isn't a bad back four. 
Breaking news: Syria art is suspended until the third of April. Sorry. Sus- suspended completely. Suspended completely. Oh wow, that is breaking live and um, breaking. That's what we do. Uh, I need. What well, I need to do? I need to make, make a little breaking news. Yeah, thing. yeah I'll, that doesn't I'll, I'll mean go- though, uh, because uh, Sassuolo and Brescia are currently uh, currently forty four minutes in. So at the conclusion of that game. Oh okay, so there you go. That's what's happening. So as you just heard there, Syria has been suspended. Uh, after tonight's games that are, that happen in the moment, Everton until the third. Of April. Everton's next three fixtures are Liverpool next Monday night. They've then got Leicester at home and then they've got Tottenham away. Um, after that, they play Wolves, who are obviously in the hunt with them. Potentially, I am including Everton in that group of people hunting Europa League and not Champions League. But they've also got Sheffield United as well. So I think Everton, I think they had a terrible start to the season. All in all, all said and done, I think they, they can't really complain given the fact that they've had a change of manager. He has turned things around. He's going to have a full summer under his belt at Ancelotti. There's going to be Deadwood that he's going to get rid of. So players like Tom Davis, if he doesn't want him there, he won't be there. He'll go to a team like a Newcastle. Like, you know, Shelby's gone to Newcastle and gained a lot of respect. He stayed with them when they went down. He's clearly one of their more creative, their better players. You know, people say that Shelby's above a team like Newcastle. Tom Davies, again, I say it, maybe maybe Everton under Ancelotti isn't the right place for him. Yeah. Yeah, they need a creative midfielder. Like I say, Sigurdsson isn't... Isn't cutting the biscuit at the moment. No, very true. Uh, let's go to the Saturday afternoon game. It was Liverpool 2, Bournemouth 1. Goals from Salah and Mane for the home side and Callum Wilson open scoring. The scoreline... You went 3-0, I? I went 2-0. But I, I, having watched back some of the show uh, over the weekend, I did... I kind of got it... Slightly right, but also slightly wrong. I mean, obviously I went two 0 but I did say that Liverpool would struggle to come out of the blocks, having carried in their previous bad form coming into the game, and that kind of turned out right. I didn't expect Bournemouth to take the lead though. No, um, not at all. And uh, what yeah, are your thoughts on actually the, the the goal though? Because it went to VAR and they they didn't really do anything with it. It appeared that Callum Wilson nudged. Joe Gomez off the ball. Gomez was winning that ball and he's nudged him in the back and then he's, then they've, nah. they've gone on and... and the directive talking. from... Uh, is it the PGMLOL? Uh, PGMLOL. MOL. Uh, have basically... Pugmol. Pugmol. They've basically said that they needs to be obviously less deliberation. If it's nothing glaring... I'm hoping this carries into next year because is not going anywhere in its current... You know, in current format it will change but it's not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. It's going to be, you'll have less time. If it's nothing glaring, we had it in the NFL. Um, you know, if they can't see anything immediately that's standing out to them, then the referee's decision will stand. Yeah. We've obviously also this weekend seen the first use of a pitch side monitor. We'll come to that game which after. Is, which, is, which is progress. I think, you know, with, with Bournemouth, you know, they've not had a great season. I'm talking plaudits for Eddie Howe at the start of the season. He should be touted for big managerial jobs. I think he's run his course with, I still think he's a great manager. I think he's run his course with Bournemouth. And it's this has been so dogged with injury. And um, this is what yeah. happened in this game because but, Bournemouth, they were 1-0 up and they were looking okay. They could have actually gone 2-0 up, which yeah. is crazy. And then Steve Cook got the injury. His replacement, Simpson, was d- directly involved in the first goal. He's tried to... In, in the equaliser, sorry. What he's tried to do is, you know, take on Mane. He's, had, he's got acres of space. He's got a man on the left. He's got a man on the right. And what he's done is tried to take on Mane directly. He's been pickpocketed, and you know the goal. The goals evidently come off off the back of that from from Salah. They've, I mean, I'm focusing on Bournemouth because I think Liverpool are ground out results all, all year. And you know, it's it's crazy they only lost for the first time last week. You know, especially with the with the performance they had against West Ham the week before with Bournemouth again. 
being dogged with injuries the way that they have and without having them they don't have the money the point is we talk about ffp on the show a lot and you know bournemouth aren't heavily backed in terms of money dean court is a tiny stadium it's, it is, it's yeah. a league one league two stadium it's, yeah you you know, know, what, is it I double, double when, the size of six fields well I'm, it's not even double the size it's uh, 11,500 um, maybe 12,000 so they're, they're, so they're not like, going to make money El, from... I remember when Elche yeah. got the got the promotion to La Liga their stadium is only 5,000 what, what's going to happen when they're playing at home to Barcelona Real Madrid that normally have 80,000, 90,000 fans at their home ground you Leeds know, have so. just sold 10,000 tickets to, to go to Ewood Park you know, at this stage of the season, like, mm. you know, Leeds can fill an away section. The We've size done well there. That's 22 minutes. Without before, a Leeds You know, but this is the point is that, you know, clubs like Bournemouth and they've done it like exceedingly well to go from, again, like bottom of the bottom table on the brink of like, 24 hours from going, what, two hours from going two under hours, yeah. with the same manager to they'll be a Premier League team, a consistent Premier League team until this season. You know, injuries can derail a whole, a whole squad. You know, if Bournemouth go down, they're certainly going to lose. Like you know, Josh King's not going to be there. Callum mm. Wilson is definitely not going to be there. Mm. Ake's going to come back. Lewis Cook bring him back to Leeds. Um, you know, <clears> if he's fit enough. But you know, this is this is the thing with with Bournemouth. They're not expected to beat Liverpool. You know, and going one 0 up at that point, then you have to take it down to game management. Liverpool are going to knock on the door all game, and you know the likelihood is they're going to get a goal. A draw would have been a fantastic result. Liverpool by hook and by crook, they've ground results out. Next week, Bournemouth have Palace at home. You know, Palace again. I'm talking about they're on 39 points. They're they're. Well, let's go. Let's go to that Palace game. Actually. Yeah, Palace they're, they're are like, fighting for 39 points at the moment. Palace are fighting for potentially Europa League place, and we can't not include them in that conversation. You know, they've won three on the bounce. Yeah. And, you know, it. You know, a few weeks ago on 31 points, they're four, you know four points above the relegation zone. Exactly. In the yeah. same situation. And, and that's that's where Watford are. Watford are uh, just outside the relegation zone on goal difference on 27 points. Um, Crystal Palace won Watford nil, and the goal came from John Nayu. And what did we say? <laughs> what did we say in the preview show? Um, is the fact that if if Palace do score big goals, it tends to be Jordan Nayu. Mm. And as Alex alluded to on the weekend, it's the difference between 12, 15, 18 points towards the end of the season, and it, it's, it's come up again. I've got to say, Ben Teke, I'm not putting him in the Heskey situation at the moment in terms of assists and things like that, but the work that he put in in order to create that goal should not be ignored. Ben Teke, I mean, we've, we've said this before, you know, he's come up with big goals in the past and stuff, but I think looking at him as an out-and-out goal scorer is not the way to look at it. You know, in a poor Aston Villa side a fair few years back, like pre-relegation relegation season. Yeah. You know, great, fantastic. Goes to Liverpool, does okay. I say okay, that's an overstatement. That is, that's being nice. That's being very nice. That's you know, generous. Yeah, he's not, you know, again, like, look at a player like Giroud, that big sort of mould of a player. He's had to adapt his game, and it looks as though he might have found his sort of role. Now, he's not going to be, again, like, I think a player like Benteke will probably still fancy himself to be the number nine, the big goal scorer. But like I say, Jordan Ayew, he's popped up and he's been really important for Palace this season and put him in a position where, you know, we're questioning what's going on. The league's quite tight anyway. Certainly, Palace, three games on the bounce winning. You know, it, again, like, I can sit there and say, you know, Bournemouth need to be beating a team like Palace. If, if Palace beat Bournemouth next week and they get three points, suddenly they could jump above Tottenham into eighth place. And, you know... <laughs> so they're, they're three, uh, they're three, four points behind the Champions League spot. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's such and, a random league. And people are, they'll see on the screen in a minute with the league table uh, the exact situation where Palace have found themselves in, and the tight nature from, well, from what fourth, fifth, all the way down to 
12, you know. The painful it's... thing is, is that, so I've got Palace's remaining games here. I've got, I've got six of the nine remaining games. The only problem for Palace is they play Liverpool, Leicester, Chelsea, Manchester United, Wolves and Tottenham in those last six. That includes mm. a game, I know they've got a game against Villa, I know they've got a game against Bournemouth, I, it eludes me who the last game is. But, I, I, you know, I can't see it. I think Palace fans would be, oh. they'd be very happy to be out of a dogfight coming into the last months of the season. <laughs> I don't think that we think that Palace are definitely going to get into Europe, but... <laughs> and right now, you know, they are certainly. If we can uh, get a testimony from a Palace fan, how are Palace fans feeling? They're performing above expectations, and uh, but what uh, is above... their expectation meant to be? Well, okay, right. I say expectations. The I, I've talked about this stat before, and I've heard it many times about. Usually, teams find themselves the same amount of points and the same amount of goals that they've scored over the course of the season. They give or take five or six, either way. So five below or five above. Um, and Palace currently are performing well above what the amount of goals they've scored. They've only scored, I think it's 26, 26 goals. goals. 26 goals, and which they've is got, funny because they're, they're, they're the second lowest go- uh, scorers in the league. No, they're, they're, they're third or fourth. So Watford third? have less, Bournemouth have less. Yeah. But well, they're ninth. They're, <laughs> they've got Sorla, who's sorry, currently yeah. on loan at Travis On Sport, mm. who's scored 25 goals this season. No, they yeah, are. The, they are. <laughs> No, they are the, second, they are the that, second lowest. That's, that's the Turkish league. So they, are the sec- that, that they are the second be, lowest uh, scorers in the league. There you go. So they're the second lowest goal scorers in the league, and yet they're 11th, only four points off the Europa League places. So <laughs> they've been outperformed. But I think that shows you how organised they are as a team, aren't they? They're yeah. difficult big, to break big down. Big respect to Hodgson. I've been critical um, of him. Yeah, I think we all I have. Think, uh, yeah, I think we all have, especially those England teams he managed were quite dire to watch, weren't they? Again, so, I think as a, you um, know... So I'm going to bring Leeds up for a second here. <laughs> That's okay, you know, you're only doing it once so if far. Leeds, so yeah. you know, if early. Leeds were to come we were in... On, we were going on first, if first Leeds, Leeds had, mention. If Leeds, if Leeds had... There's 11 to wait, I think it was. If Leeds had 39 points at this stage of March, this time next year, if we get promoted, if we get promoted, if, Ooh. then I would be very pleased because I'm not expecting Leeds to go into the Premier League and be what we used to be and pull up trees. I would be very, very happy with battering the teams below us and losing to the teams above us. I'd be very happy where, with where Palace are at. Watford last weekend beat Liverpool three nil, and then they lose one nil. You fancied them in the game as well, didn't you? You I, had them I, down as a one nil win. I, didn't I you? did. What's, what, what, what happened with Watford? It's natural come down, I think. I think it, it, as, as we see from like when there's a cup set or giant killings in the in in the cup, teams can get themselves up for facing a big team, mm-hmm. right? But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, then you know the where's the motivation, that's why they're not playing for a bigger side because the bigger side, those players that do it week in, pretty much week in, week out, yeah. minus the odd game here or there. But when they're playing a lower side, they'll be good one game in six yeah. rather than five games out If that's six. what your belief is, then they're down because they have to play. I don't think... I, I, got, I, 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 said, I, I think, think they'll go down. I think they're going down. I don't, I don't think they are. I I, I, I said this before. I think the, I still stand by it. The bottom five, I've five out of the five out of the six are in the bottom are in the bottom six. So I said that Watford wouldn't be in that. It would be Brighton, West Ham, Bournemouth, Villa, Norwich in any order. Oh, now you mentioned Norwich. Shall we? Uh, that's a nice little segue to go into the uh, Sheffield United Norwich game. It is indeed. Sheffield United won Norwich nil. Uh, the goal came from the King Billy Sharp. <laughs> what a cross that was Excellent. from uh, from from Lundstrom. <laughs> <laughs> Lundstrom won't be there next year. 
He'll have a lot of suitors, I think. I think he. I think if they get into a Champions League spot, which they could, That's you know, we still don't know what's going to be happening with Manchester City at the moment. Whether fifth uh, fifth spot is going to be available for a Champions League spot. If they are, I think they're not shooing. Of course not. No one is. But they'll have a very, very good chance of being a part of that. But Sheffield United, they just go around their business. They don't score many goals. They're astute defensively, well, and they just go and win games. Well, they're they're like Palace, aren't they? Um, they just got Palace slightly different in the way that they set up their team, but they're organised. Everybody knows what their uh, their job is, and they've all bought into what Chrissy Wilder is doing. It's practical, not pretty. Um, yes, that sends Norwich down for me. I mean, they were down anyway, but I think that pretty much confirms it. Because they, need, they needed, yeah. they needed. They need to get at least a point out of that game. Well, I think they got lucky with results that happened around them because Villa well, were playing tonight. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth, they lost. Um, you know, so um, if Villa win tonight, I, I'm going to say so, they're down. Yeah, yeah. So look, the table will come up again on the screen for for guys there. But look, looking at it now, they they've got 21 points, right? And mm. I think we can agree what 35. Probably not even that. 36, 37 is going to keep you up this year. I think, I, mean, I think it might even be less than that. I can't see. But the problem what, is... I can't see West Norwich, Ham, Norwich needs Watford, to Bournemouth. You know, I can't see either of these teams getting eight, nine points. We, That's what we were talking about last week. We, I can't we, see we, we We say that every week, but one t- a couple of teams will actually do that. Okay? And um, Norwich, are gonna, Norwich need to get... 15, 16, 17 points from these remaining I nine think, games. I, no, I think that's, that's a lot. That's just not going to happen. I think that's, that's a lot. That's just not going to happen. I don't think so. I really don't think so. Um, I think 10 points could do it. I can't no, see... No, no, no. 10 points for Norwich need more so than So if they're going to do it, this is the situation. So they've got three games, okay? They play Brighton, Watford and West Ham. That's teams that are directly involved in the situation that they're in. Mm. And they are, you know... We're talking about six. They're six pointers. Six pointers. You, you know, let's let's talk about it like this. You know, that's you know that that that's a ridiculous run to have. So they so they play Southampton uh, next weekend. First and foremost, they have to win that. If they beat Southampton, it's a maybe, and it is a maybe. But it's not. You know, Southampton. You know, I think I I think thirty five is the mark. I think Newcastle and up are safe. I I don't think Southampton will be dragged in now. Norwich beat Southampton. You know that sets them up in good stead because you know after that they play Arsenal. Uh, no, sorry, they play Manchester United in the FA Cup. Then they play Arsenal away. Which I'm going. Taking the wife. Brilliant. Enjoy. Her first time to the Emirates. Fantastic. She'll realise how quiet it is. Uh, after that, yeah, after that they host Brighton. They go away to Watford and then they host West Ham. West Ham. I think West Ham will go down. I think West Ham will go down as well, and I would love it if West Ham went down. I don't know why. We're supposed That's to be impartial. We apologise. I, I, I don't know. I don't understand why I want West Ham to go down because, like, I, I think they just. I think their fans just have an expectation that they are meant to be a big, big club. The thing is, well, I think it, I think it goes with history actually with West Ham because West Ham won the World Cup. In 1966, and I think that's the reason why West Ham think that they're uh, big, big time Charlies, but they're really not. Can they I don't just really offer a lot. can I quickly just clean up on Sheffield United's running? Um, they play Newcastle. Um, they've got Burnley. They've got uh, Everton and Southampton. So they are littered in there. There's a couple of games. So they've got Tottenham. I think they'll beat Tottenham personally. Um, I don't think Tottenham have enough teeth. Both one ninjas as well now. Yes. Um, 
Again, they play Burnley. I think I feel like they can beat Burnley. Uh, they've got Burnley away. That's always a tough one. But um, they play Wolves as well. So they are, and Chelsea. They are playing the teams around them. Um, and they finish up the season against Everton and Southampton. Well, they prove themselves all oh, season. I think, yeah, so yeah. yeah um, Arsenal 1, West Ham 0. Alexander Lacazette. 1-0. Hey, Alex, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it without a swear word. The sun shines out of a dog's bum some days. I guess. Uh, mate, yeah. If he didn't score that goal, oh, oh well. He'd have been dead on these streets. He would have been dead on these streets. Um, yeah, he scored a goal. Well done. Um, <laughs> he just can't Postman do it. Gets paid to, Postman gets paid to deliver that. I'm still, st- <laughs> he still shouldn't be first choice striker for Arsenal. He's Eddie, not. Well, good. At, at, at the moment, and in which is right, rightfully so, because he he's providing he's more of a goal threat. He's more of a. But then, um, but then, Alex Lacazette comes on in his place and bags. So I found so, with Eddie Nketiah, this so at Leeds. <laughs> sorry, you went really hard for a bite. Um, <laughs> so I found with I found with Nketiah at Leeds is that against a high line, which is what a lot of teams figure out with Arsenal. You don't play a high line against Arsenal with a higher line. Eddie Nketiah really comes into his own because his runs in behind. Ah, good. Mm. So there is a question of his end product, but I would question, you know, the ability to to deliver to a player because when called upon, Nketiah for Leeds and for Arsenal. So in Arsenal's system, I, I feel he's more suited. So I said this to you when he went back, and I said, why send him out on loan against someone like Bristol City where he's going to get absolutely no service? Mm. So he's at Arsenal. He's getting better service when called upon in the cup or in Premier League games. He's scoring goals and he looks good. You know, again, Lacazette, brilliant, good job. You know, he scored a goal. Uh, fair play to him. It, the way I see it, and no, no, not to take anything away from you know Arsenal's performance or put too much on West Ham, but it is only West Ham. You know, at the end of the day, this is Arsenal. And yeah, but it's a London derby. Yeah, massively. Like, you know, when when you well, put it in that, yeah, this, I, I, it's, a, I, I, it's a lot different. I, I know it's only West Ham and they're they're struggling, but. West Ham went to Liverpool a few weeks ago and they pretty much almost won that game. Well, this is what, um, this is what my concern was when I looked at that. I was thinking, been, on paper, oh, it's West Ham. Look, will, where, look where they are. They aren't really doing a lot. And then they go to Liverpool and almost get a result. I will say I will, I will say this as well. Since that loss against Olympiacos, I know they haven't played too great a side since then, but Arsenal responded well, scored three goals, kept two clean sheets. And both of those games, Pablo Mari has played in. Yeah, what are you, what are you, what are you thinking about He looks solid. Um, he looks quicker than normal and he, he's got a trait which I love in centre-halves is a left-footed centre-half because yeah. it just gives you balance on your uh, when you're playing out from the back because you don't have to keep turning back on your onto your right foot when you're on the left-hand side and therefore you invite pressure from naturally, strikers Naturally, he's gonna, if he's playing as a left-sided centre-half naturally as a left-footer he's going to want to be on that left foot and he's going to turn yeah, strikers you, away from goal. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And you can open up the pitch that way as well, can't you? So I lo- I, 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 it's definitely encouraging um, mm. uh, what he's brought to the side. And we've definitely we've looked a little bit... So I don't know there was a couple of chances West Ham had had and on a different day they probably would have scored a yeah, couple of those let, chances. Let's but, talk about that, actually, um, because in the first half, West Ham had two, three real clear-cut opportunities this is the difference between staying up and going down. They're going to look back on that, and they'll they'll be they would have looked at the video today. I reckon they would have had a rest rest day yesterday. They would look to the video early on today and been like, "Man, we've got to bag those. We've got we've got to sort that out." Um, Jared Bowen's there. You know, I've got a lot of time for him. Um, Adam, Great you, you, you've you've seen him regularly, being a fan of a championship club. Do you think West Ham was the right choice for him? 
Is he a Premier League player? And if it wasn't the right choice for him, where should he have gone? If they go down, uh, I'll be gutted for Bowen because mm. I feel like he's he is above the Championship. He probably find himself in the championship with West Ham next year. West, you know, West Ham have got a squad that if they keep it intact, you know, they'll they'll bounce straight back. They'll be fine. And Bowen, on his day, is the best player in the, is the best player in the championship. Not was one of the best players in the championship. He's one of them. He can penetrate defenses. You know, he's he's great on the ball. He had a lot of responsibility at Hull as well, being mm-hmm. one of the senior players there. Like you know, I say senior players. Like he's only young, but you know, he he had a lot on his shoulders there. A senior player in terms of quality. Oh, would say yeah. other players when when they you know the you. age. Yeah, other players look to you because so you're he can, the best player. He's a player that I feel like can handle that pressure. Like you know, he him and Grzycki left. Hull and Hull are doomed. Oh, they're screwed. They haven't won in eleven. They are, and they got tonked at the weekend. They, as well, well, they got they? tonked by us and they got tonked again. But anyway, um, West Ham are similar to the Norwich situation. They have so out of their last games, West Ham. So they've got nine games left. Tottenham and Wolves next. Not good. Um, not a good sign. After that, they've got Chelsea. Uh, after that, they've got a run of four. Yeah, four games that they could win, and if they do. So they've got after that they go away to Newcastle. That's on a Friday night. Cool. They then play at home to Burnley, away at Norwich. So obviously that Norwich game is so important. Mm. That Norwich West Ham game is going to be you know good for cards if you're into betting. Um, and uh, <laughs> West Ham then play Watford at home on the second of May. That is absolutely crucial. That's going to be their. Season. That's their. That's their, that's like, their season. Know, right? after, yeah, so they they play Villa they on the last up, game of the season. They pick. Which, if, if, right, so what, what what if that is seventeenth versus eighteenth for that point? I will say this as well. From those four games, they need to pick up a minimum of eight points because that say they don't win any of those games uh, until that that run of four. They'll still be on twenty seven points, and those eight points minimum eight points will take them up to thirty five, which will probably yeah see them up. That, so yeah, last that, that last those, last game of the season. Is it's a, it's a tough one because you know you can't we we're, we're nine games behind them. But at the end of the day, West Ham play Villa. That is a that's a relegation game. Um, Bournemouth play Everton. I, I I think I'm really struggling to see how Bournemouth stay up. To be honest, uh, I think Norwich are already down. I feel like it could be. So I think it'll be Norwich Bournemouth, and then you it's going to be you know West Ham Villa. I I really do. So it's whoever that could be a shootout, straight shootout. Who stays in the Premier League? Oh, I think it's mad. Um, let's uh, talk about Tottenham. Why not? Burnley won. Tottenham won. Uh, the goals came from Chris Wood. Rebound the opener. Yeah. Um, excellent. <laughs> I said that. If we get then, promoted, you're never going to hit it. And Deli Ali, what's what's key about Deli Ali's goal? Um, it was a penalty on the 50th minute, and it's his 50th goal for Tottenham. Still doesn't warrant him a place on the plane. No, no, not for, on the plane. Uh, to go, go walk around the corner. Well, I suppose well, it's going to be all over Europe, isn't it? Yeah, Which, but, but, but England's well, games are all at Wembley. Well, if all of them. Yeah, with, with, with the way things are you presuming going, we don't go through? <laughs> with, with the way things are going, no one's going to go to Euro 2020. Yeah, no, I'm cancelled. meant to be going. I'm meant to be going yeah, to Italy. I'm happen. so annoyed. Yeah. This has to. Go away, honestly. No. The only good thing about coronavirus, honestly, is the potential that they'll the, the, the three o'clock blockout, which was actually created by the former owner of Burnley in 1965. And it was him who brought it in and said, right, that's it. No more three o'clock games on, on, on TV. And that's it. And they've stuck by it. That's because everyone goes to... They want people to go to the games. But... We will still go to games. Yeah, yeah, well, I do. Look what look what's happening in Germany. Every ground is pretty much a sellout, and they have it. The the Bundesliga. You know, can we watch Soccer Saturday and other varieties of that show? They will like. We're watching people 
watching football. It's not like goggle box, isn't it? Mm. But then in Germany, you'll see it, but you'll see the goal, and then they'll be like, oh, Tor, Werder Bremen. And then they'll go to, Tor means goal. Uh, and then they'll go to Werder Bremen, and you'll see what's happening there. And then, you know, we want to see what's going on. So not to get too distracted. The, yeah, the, I know. The it's, it's just annoying. Thing. But um, yeah, hopefully coronavirus does take over so we can watch three o'clock games. Norris yeah. had a poor moment for the goal. He, you know, I, I feel like... Do you think? Alderweireld should be dealing with that in the first place. He shouldn't be allowing the shot well, to... It was a good strike. It was a good strike. The shot comes through and obviously he makes a save. But, you know, you say goalkeepers have to be putting that wide or dealing with that better. I see a lot of goalkeepers going down for shots that I feel like they could save with their feet, with their hands. And then those shots end up falling to strikers. So, Edison... Martial, this you know this this weekend we talk about the like with Martial scoring the goal from the free kick. Martial passes the ball to the near post. Edison tries to get down with his hand. Obviously, it's instinctive for him. But I feel like if he just goes with his right foot there, he saves that. That's where I do think De Gea is fantastic because he yeah. saves a lot with his and, feet. You know, call me out if you think I'm wrong. Like if any if anyone disagrees with me, like it's a similar situation here with Loris. You know, if he goes to ground with his hand and the ball bubbles to Chris Wood in the middle, right in front of him, I you know you can say it was a good strike or you know he did the best to save the first one he could. I think it's poor goalkeeping. I think his positioning's poor. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tottenham defensively should be dealing with. That, especially considering at the moment, you know, I know it's very much Mourinho play. They talk about defensive park and the bus. They sh- that should be the bread and butter of Tottenham. They've got a very good defensive back line, very experienced back line as well, and good midfielders. They shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't be going to, you know, play against a team like Burnley and only scraping away with a draw. Particularly when obviously they are chasing. If fifth spot is available, you know, and today was a chance. No, yesterday, sorry, the weekend was a chance for them. They they should really be getting three points there, and you know, be right up there with Wolves and Man United. I yeah. think they'll be sorely disappointed with that. I feel like with the lack of a front man and the lack of a target man, they're overplaying in midfield and they're getting overrun. They don't have the players with that ability to hold on to the ball. In Tottenham, I did actually see something earlier on today. Um, someone who announced their retirement today, or in the last couple of days, Mr Dembele. Mm. And he was someone who, 32 years old, by the way, injuries got in his way. That's unfortunate, but... I honestly feel that Tottenham are missing somebody like that. They've got Ollie Skip. He he was in the... He, I love Ollie Skip. And I've been asking Tottenham to play him for years. Everyone knows I'm an Arsenal fan, but I'm a football fan first. And that is important. Ollie Skip is a truly fantastic midfielder. Through the UT, every time he's played for the first team, he can do that job. And I really think that... Tottenham should be looking at him, but they feel they feel obliged to play uh, Ndombele in the midfield. He was criticised by Mourinho after the game. He's been criticised by a lot of people, including Tottenham fans. He did not have a good what game. What was his fee? What did they pay for him? 61? He's their record signing. Record signing. Yeah, and it, you know, performance-wise, what are you asking of a certain player? Like, you know, you can look at a player, you know, via, you know, let's say if you use football index or you play football manager and things like that and you can say Underbelly, okay, defensive midfielder or, you know, midfielder, you know, utility can play in several positions across that line. But I don't really see what he's brought to the table. Why go and spend sixty million on him when in the summer you could have gone and got a Jack Jack Greedish for forty million. Yeah. Who clearly has the potential to go on you know, and has shown that this season playing in a really poor villa. Well it was because he he performed well for Leon in the Champions League um Against them, wasn't it? Did they play it, against well, them? Uh, they might have done, but no, but he, played, he had a couple of good games against City, I remember. But he, he, he performed pretty decent for them in the Champions League. And, well, when a player performs well in the Champions League, that already makes their transfer value go up, doesn't it? Um, I haven't really seen it. 
from Ndombele uh, either, and I, mm. I struggle to say his name as well. Name so me one thing of note that he's but done. I, I, what, he bowed against Villa in what, the first or in the second or third what, game of the season. What, what, what type? What type of what type of midfielder is he? Is he hey? Is he a box to box midfielder? What type of midfielder is he meant to be? Yeah, well, is the question. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Is it, is, does he? Is he? Is he purely defensive? Because I don't think he is. No. Is he a? Water carrier, you know, where yeah. the, he carries the ball forward a bit like Kante, but, but yeah. I don't think he's as good as Kante. He doesn't have the certainly doesn't have the stamina levels and the energy levels that Kante does. I mean, who does? Do you think but that it might take? Is he, he's not even an attacking midfielder, is he? Because no, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't get goals, he doesn't get an assist. So, what type of midfielder is he? It was it's, a, it's the same problem I have with Kovacevic, right? No, I will rate him out. Yeah, but, I, I like he, him. Yeah, but what, what kind of midfielder is he? He doesn't score. He doesn't assist. Well, we had it with we had it with Jorginho. But you're not very good at defending. We either. had it with Jorginho so what, what did when, you do? when Jorginho first started at Chelsea, and everyone said the same thing about Jorginho. You know what? What is he actually doing? And then it, you, people started to recognise that he was having an effect, and that. But that was only when players like Kante, after Sarri had left, were moved back into their actual position, and Jorginho was allowed to thrive. So you know, Modric when he joined Tottenham was not allowed to... So he came under the Juan de Ramos era, I believe, um, or at least at the back end of the Yog era. This is you know over 10 mm. years ago. Redknapp comes in and goes, right, I'm going to put you in a sort of 10 free roll and Modric comes into his own. And so I'm not sitting there saying that he's going to go on to become Modric and win the Ballon this d'Or. Is why, this is why I love Pogba and this is why I always bang on about his him when he was playing for Juventus and when he was playing at... Uh, well, in, in, in a blue shirt for France. When you leave him to be... When you've got players around that are fit like square pegs in square holes then Pogba comes into his own mm. and he is unplayable given a free yeah. role Pogba yeah. if allowed to you know you don't ask too much of him defensively he's not going to have that much of a work rate I, I feel like Pogba in a 10 could really work I'm not sitting there saying Ndombele is going to have that kind of role in the future or that kind of effect on, on a team but you know again players playing under certain managers don't particularly do very well he's not been bought in by Mourinho like Mourinho's obviously been given this player and he doesn't know what to do with him because he hasn't got the use elsewhere I think Mourinho's too busy worrying about his front line one of the things I've highlighted here is that Tottenham like to play wide they've got a lot of good wide players players that can get get at defenders and get beyond them and get crosses into the box but what is the point of Tottenham putting balls in the box when at one point so they had the ball wide Ball comes into the box. There's two. There's two Tottenham players in there, surrounded by six Burnley players. Burnley mm. know what they're doing defensively. So Tottenham at the minute, it just I I do genuinely feel for Mourinho, and I don't want to say that out loud, but I do feel for him because it, you know at the end of the day, it's an injury crisis. It's the same thing with Eddie Howe. Over at I was Bournemouth. about to say Eddie Howe. You know, it's yeah. the same situation. What can you do? I feel like Tottenham, if they if they come out with Europa League, they'll be lucky. Because I, you know, Arsenal's current form that they're on, you know, it looks like Arsenal are going to be right there with Man United, Wolves, Sheffield, and are going to be fighting for that last Champions League space. Mm. It's it's going to be gutting for the team that doesn't make it. Someone's going to miss out. Um, let's talk about Wolves. Um, this game won't take very long, but I think we should talk about the teams rather than anything else. So Wolves nil, Brighton nil. What happened in that game? Jackal. One shot on target for both teams. Yeah, exactly. Jackal. Honestly, I went I went to go watch Palermo in Italy. I flew all the way over there. That's my team. And I saw no shots. That's a long, that's a long flight. Anyway, um, so and Wolves, they've never beaten Brighton in a top flight game. Historically, you want to look at that and, and you know make a, make a thing about it, but in this day and age, with Wolves and what Wolves are trying to achieve, you have to win this game. 
It's as simple as that. And it, you know, we've been we've been lording wolves, especially after the start they had. I, I say it every time, like start of the season, again, me and Alex, we discussed this at length about, you know, the teams that are gonna break in, like, you know, look at like Everton this season. Everton can write this season off even exactly. What's right, Everton? You can you can you say the run of games they've got, Everton, I'm discounting them from this current run. But they're the teams that are gonna be there next year. Like Arsenal look like like they're playing under Arteta now. Like obviously with a summer and, and a transfer window, you know, um, Ever- Everton under Ancelotti with a transfer window getting rid of the Deadwood like I said you know they're all going to be there It's Wolves need to decide so if they're going to if they're going to keep Nuno and potentially be a Champions League team next year they're going to attract big players they're going to have a lot more money coming in Wolves they had to win this game it's one of the games that you look at and say you know going for that last nine games that running that's crucial Brighton you know one of the teams that I'm pegging to potentially go down that that's a that's a must win game and to have one shot on target against Brighton's not good enough. What do you think? Well, yeah. Um it's just an off day at the it was just an off day. Simple as that. Hey guys, sorry. Is this the Yeah, I'm doing a live show. Thanks. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's gonna be on um, <laughs> Apple Music. Should have asked him what he thought. <laughs> that, that's gonna be <laughs> yeah. on Apple Music and Spotify. that's gonna be on Apple Music and Spotify, um, which is also available. Uh, and that's how you deal with with live things, um, so um, yeah, um, as you were saying about Wolves, just, it is just an off day. Brighton, I think they'll feel like that's a point gained. Wolves will be two points dropped. Um, though I still think, I still think Wolves are in a good place. Uh, I know, I know. Obviously, you you were saying about going to the next level, next level. I think Wolves are definitely ahead of where they thought they would be in their journey. Okay, um, and. I don't think they can be too disappointed in the result of the weekend. Obviously, they'd like to have won, but yeah, that's 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 really all that needs to be said. Their next Premier League games after Olympiacos, so should have been Arsenal. Uh, after uh, <laughs> West Ham away, they've then got Bournemouth away. They've then got Aston Villa away. Uh, right. After that, they play Arsenal. Right, they should get nine points, but they'll probably get. Get a, at least seven. They have to. They have to get nine points. The teams. Like so I've written here. The teams around them are finding consistency. So Spurs are consistently drawing. Um, Man United have found their feet. Uh, Chelsea looks like they've they've landed on their feet and they're doing a little bit better now. So you know that win for Chelsea at the weekend. Against yeah, they sort of bounced out of that little rut that they were going through. Indeed, um, I, I, we said it earlier on in the season about Bournemouth. Not Bournemouth, sorry, Brighton. They're playing some nice football, but nice football isn't always going to get you anywhere. Norwich playing nice football. That's what they're I've said, yeah. exciting football, but they're bottom of the league. They gave Graham Potter a six-year deal. A six-year deal. That's like Pardew-esque or Moyes-esque without anything, without any proof as well, to how you can actually I, progress. I, um, I don't necessarily hire, think hiring him was a bad decision, but no, giving I him a six-year deal is the bad decision because, as you say, yeah. what happened with Pardew, you get into year two, you start doing bad, you then, you're like, do well, they want to back Pardew's, him? Pardew's contract out at the end of this season? <laughs> or was the end of last season? End of last season. But this is, this is the thing. It's like, if you sack him, you then have to pay him for the rest of that contract. Yeah. And that impacts you on your recruitment in trying to get, uh, well, a new manager in, but then also players. I so would say that with... with it was a bad, it was a mad decision. There's, there's probably a, there's probably clauses in there or certain things like Maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. I think Brighton but, fans have been, you know, 
Again, Brighton coming up from the Championship, and when they did it, it was a hell of an overachievement given the squad that they had. You know, they've they've re- relatively recently moved into their new stadium, so they want to move into the future. And at, you know, at, at, you you look at a place like Brighton, like a town like Brighton, you know, and it, it is at market. People want to go there, like it, you know, Brighton in the Premier League. I'm t- again, if you said to their fans, like, look, would you take Premier League survival at the start of the season? They'd be very pleased to take it. Yeah, but then when they started off the season, the, the first game of the season was the three nil victory away to Watford, who. Yeah, they tailed off a little bit towards the end of last season, but they had a very good season and they were FA Cup finalists. Four, so yeah. to go over there and they, everyone bangs on about how Sheffield United uh, did their thing of like you know overlapping centre halves and uh, overlapping fullbacks and centre halves and stuff. Hold on a minute, I watched Brighton do that in the flesh. They were doing that. They were doing the overlapping centre halves and the fullbacks were coming in and tucking tight. Watford had no idea what was going on whatsoever. No idea, and that's what that's what they were doing. What bright what Brighton were doing, they were creating a brand new type of football, so to speak. But they were just getting found out. They weren't scoring enough goals. Four draws in the last five games. Yeah, but they're not scoring enough goals. You this know, the goals Conley hasn't scored since the Tottenham game. Um, Mopai has scored two in the last. 12 it's just it's just not looking good for them it's not really looking good for them and there's, there's one more game to come Southampton Newcastle I think yeah. we haven't done that one that's the last game isn't yeah it? Uh, yeah. Um, Southampton nil. Newcastle won uh, Maximan with the goal 11 minutes from time there was a red card in that game in the first half and there was a missed penalty Gineppo red card what are you saying um, it's a re- it is a red card yeah, yeah. there's yeah. no we we said it before with the the Celso situation. You go in and over the top over the top like that, you you're getting sent. Don't don't even it's not even doesn't even need to go to the AA, you're done, finished. What I was happy about this is the first time in the Premier League, it's the first time in history that the referee has gone to the pitch side monitor. Mm-hmm. He's looked at it once and he's gone, but he doesn't even need to see the other angle, it's done. Yeah, Graham Scott. Congratulations, Monfrey. Uh, you, you've created history and I'm really hoping that other referees follow your path and continue with that as well. So, yeah, that's what he's done. It's gone over to the, the red future. card. It is indeed, yeah. No, talk about quiz question. Um, we haven't mentioned Mel, coach. Uh, <laughs> we haven't mentioned um, Mikel Sports Farm Club, but we will. We will. More um, so in the next couple of moments. But they also had a penalty, Newcastle did, and they missed it. McCarthy had a blinding game. Um, without McCarthy, they didn't have a hope in hell because Newcastle peppered them. And it's not often that I say things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was double saves in the first half. Obviously, he saved the penalty. If it weren't for a poor defensive judgment, just a momentary lapse from Valerie, then they could have been coming away from that game with what is you know, essentially a point that could keep them up. And I think that's three points for Newcastle that keep Newcastle in the Premier League. I think Newcastle can consider themselves safe now. Um, Going back to the penalty situation, what do Newcastle need to do? Well, I'll tell you what Newcastle needs to do. They've only um, been awarded five penalties in the last four or five seasons now, but they've only scored one of those. Hmm. I think Newcastle, so first and foremost, I could talk all day about Newcastle. I'm not going to because we are running out of time. We still need to talk about tonight's game. But for me, for Newcastle, first and foremost, is get an owner who's going to back a manager, who's going to buy players. Well, today, there has been conversation. Mm. Floyd Money Mayweather. I don't. Oh. I won't. I won't. I won't. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to dignify. You're talking. You're talking to a. You're talking to a man who, who, along with Newcastle, his club has probably had the worst 
the worst owners in, in well, some of the worst owners certainly in British football history over the last sort of 15, 20 years, going from Ridsdale to Bates to GFH Capital. Um, <laughs> Bates, uh, not Bates. Uh, so with Ashley, I just, I feel so badly for the Newcastle fans because it is a painful existence being a Newcastle fan, not knowing what the hell's going on season to season. They can never look forward to anything because they're definitely, I mean, a club of Newcastle size should definitely be looking to be with, with them Wolves and them Sheffields and, you know, even by extension, like look at what Burnley have done. They had a poor start to the season. I, I, f- I feel very badly for them because, you know, Joel Linton has been a forty million mess. Well, he's only he came out recently and said that he's not a. Um, <laughs> you know, he knows he's not a natural goal scorer, and it's like, oh come on, mate! Oh, like you just spent forty million pound on him, so um, that's that. Newcastle, they are safe. Right, two games that we want to talk about. There's um, one that's happening tonight. And there's one that's happening uh, Wednesday. on Wednesday. So, very quickly, we'll go with some predictions. Uh, Leicester versus um, Aston Villa. Kick-off tonight, 8 o'clock. Um, so, it's about an hour. 2-1 Leicester for me. Uh, I think they'll, they need a, they need a result here because Chelsea have now pulled within two, two points of them. Um, and Leicester have been, was it? I think you pulled the stat out over the weekend. They've only won three of the last, three last 12, thirteen. Three of the last thirteen or twelve games in the league. So they they need this result more than well. I say more than Villa. That's a lie because Villa need the result as well. But I, I I think Leicester will beat Villa here. They'll just have too much quality for them. We had despite a, the the Carabao Cup semi final saying otherwise. Yeah. We had a diehard Leicester fan on the phone for ten minutes in the car. Yeah. Uh, Kieran Nixon now residing in Norfolk. And uh, he agrees. And what we're saying is it is season-defining for Leicester because if they lose this game, you know, they've, they've got games against the teams around them coming up as well in those last nine games. You know, to be 14 points clear of fourth, well, fifth place embedded in the Champions League spots. And even by extension, Chelsea, Chelsea have allowed that gap to close with the other teams as well. So, you know, to go within five points proper of dropping out of the Champions League spaces, if Man United continue their current form, then, you know, I, I think it could be... It could be it's going to drag them into a really horrible dogfight. Scoreline? I'm going to go 2-0 Leicester. 2-0 Leicester. Okay, I'm going one apiece. Uh, Man City, Arsenal, that's on Wednesday night, 7.30. It's the rearranged fixture because Man City were meant to be playing uh, against Arsenal on the same day as the Carabao Cup final. Very quickly, score position only. 1-0. I agree, 1-0. I'm going 2-0 Man City. Um, And then, um, just a little quick... Uh, overview of the weekend's fixtures. So uh, it's Watford versus Leicester on the Saturday afternoon kickoff. Uh, who knows? We're, we're going to be doing a, a preview show of these games anyway, but let's run through the fixtures anyway. Be able to see them on your screen. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it for us here at Two Up Top um, in association with the male coach, Bess Boozer, in the whole of Northampton, where you'll be able to find Adam Harrell doing the quiz later on tonight uh, in association with Macau Sports Bar and Grill, the best brews in the whole of New York City. Everyone knows this and we record this show live from Stalker Studio, Northampton. Thank you and goodbye.